0: Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? great To make a lot of money fast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Clever Investor Show. Super excited to have you guys here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not every day you get to be blessed with the presence of TV superstars. Come on, dog. Hey, I'm, let's do it. It is happening.
1: It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a big deal. It's fun. Hey,
0: and for everybody that doesn't know, I got it. Pace Morby and Jameel Damji in the studio. We're here in San Diego at Billy Jean is marketing studio. Mm. So we t- we just come and take over. We're we're but only look, only Cody can do that. Well, you know, for true. real though,
1: I true. think about this once a week. I'm like, you know how much money I make on a monthly basis because of everything Sperber did like ten years ago, twelve years ago. Mm. All all the shit you went through. It's real. A lot for a lot.
2: everybody in the industry. It's crazy, and he's still I, opening doors. I, you know, sorry to cut you off, but I'm. I have to. I have to say this on this show because it's real. So Billy Jean is one of my heroes. I love the guy. You guys know I. You know, make creative, creative ads. Yeah, amazing. Video and he's the like the guy. Yep. You know the OG of it and the still G of it. The the guy, right? So I've always just had a man crush on Billy, and we just get to walk into Billy's studio here. And you're here. And I'm in here and we're doing a podcast. And five minutes ago, I was chopping it up with him. And I just, you know, made it real in my head that holy shit, Cody Sperber can open up a hundred
0: thousand doors for you. Mm. Um, and you know, that's you awesome. Know, you know, I did I I thank you for saying that. I obviously got lucky at a time and a place with the birth of social media and real estate investing, everything melding together, brand building, personal brand. I was at the right place at the right time. What I love about what you guys are doing is you're taking it to the next level. You guys are taking, and if you guys don't know these guys, they are the stars of the A and E TV show Triple Digit Flip. And uh, and and look, you guys finished season one, huge success. Filming season two as we speak. Uh, already have a bunch of seasons pre-ordered, so the show was a massive success.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. You guys are super successful real estate investors. I want to have just some random-ass conversations about how the hell did you guys end up here? Mm. Gosh. Because it's a, it's a journey. Yeah. I first met you, Jameel, a decade ago. Right. We're slinging deals in yep. Phoenix, Arizona. Yep. We're, we're crossing paths. And, uh, you know, it's, it's wild to see just how much… Growth has
2: happened. It's crazy. I, I remember the first conversation we ever had was about this like Warhol-esque mansion out in Carefree, Arizona. And you and Torsten were taking it down. It was like, you know, a million dollars or whatever. It was, it was a big deal in my world at that time specifically because I was just getting my feet wet. Cody's this like swinging in. He's like, yeah, I'll take it down. Very quickly takes this deal down and flips it, makes, you know, a couple hundred grand. And I watched that whole thing go down and I thought wow this is this is how things get done you know you just walk into a you walk into a circumstance or situation you read it you see it for what it is make a decision pull the trigger and create an opportunity and take out profits you learn how to do moves like that from watching big dogs do moves like that and then you understand this is how you have to underwrite this is how you have to pay attention this is how you these are how you pick your partners this is how you pull the trigger yeah, And then you get out there and do deals, right? And
0: so um, I, you know, I, you I- I watched, there was um, a group of guys that would buy down at the auctions. Yeah. And when I first got into the business, I was so fucking naive. I thought everybody was nice. Oh yeah, I thought, those guys at the auction are not very nice. Well, do you remember that, like, just first getting into the business, you're like, everybody wants to collaborate. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to make money with each other. This is great. What a fun industry. And then the second big money's involved, they just, like, hammered the deal. Oh, yeah. Push you around, push you out. And it's just like, oh, man. And I learned very quickly from hanging out with a guy named Frank Barry, who is just a G, just a goat, Um, that... If you want to be a successful wholesaler especially in a hot market like Phoenix Arizona, you got to be tough. Yeah. And you got to be you got to fa- you be fast and you got to make quick decisions and so my skills weren't where I needed them to be. I had to sharpen them up. Cuz I lost deal after deal after deal right. after deal to the point where you just get so pissed off and angry that you're like I'm not <laughs> losing any more deals. I right. got to go. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, how did it get How many s- how many deals have you done? I'm over 5000. Over 5000. I mean, we're 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 well into I know, I know. That's it. That's It's, a, it's crazy. <laughs> it's ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it, It's it's incredible. I mean, you know, they haven't all been juicy deals. You know, some of them, you make a few thousand dollars on. Some of them, you make a hundred thousand dollars on. So I'm not gonna front and say that they've all been just home runs. There's been a lot of base hits. They've been. There's been some punts. Bunts, what is it? Fuck, I don't care. Both, it's, bro. Both. It's, Both. it's been some guns. We've we've yeah. had um, but it you do what you do, right? You 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 work hard, you try, but it's you know, a, a big number. I'll say this: the volume of deals that I've done is fun, but it pales in comparison to the relationships that I've made in doing that volume of transactions. I mean, I've just interacted with some of the most incredible people, one of them being yourself, the other being Pace. And just look at how the relationships have taken my life to another level. Those 5,000 deals have done nothing for me except pay some bills and, and you know, financially give my family some stability. Yeah. The relationships that have come from those 5,000 deals, they have blown my
1: life up. So how did you guys meet? I slid in his DMs before he even oh, that's knew it. That's a real story. Yeah, it's a real story. Before he even knew what DMs were, Homeboy didn't even have a post on his Instagram. He had a picture of an owl <laughs> as his, as his uh, <laughs> moniker. Solid. And I was going through some, so m- my back history is I was a contractor for 10 years, did 7,000 renovations before I ever did a flip on my own because of the lack of mindset that I had, right? I was just taught as a young kid, my dad was a contractor, work with your hands, make money, work with your hands, make money. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start a construction company. I'm going to be the biggest, baddest guy in, the, in town. And I was open door, Zillow, offer pads contractor. I was flying around the country, setting up markets for them. And I'm doing all of that, but didn't believe that I could actually flip a house on my own. Isn't that wild? It's the wildest shit ever. Because when you anybody that's listening to this podcast, maybe you've never done a deal before. Maybe you have done a couple of deals before and you're just like, I don't know what the next step is. And you, I can promise you, you have a mindset issue because I had a mindset issue. And ultimately, I ran into a circle of a guy in Phoenix that over the course of about four years, he took about a million dollars of my money with one single bankruptcy notice. So he files bankruptcy 2018. But the year before he filed bankruptcy on me, he owed me, I don't know, three four $400,000. And I'm like, okay, I got to find somebody that knows this guy and how he operates because I'm very much like I trust everybody. I assume everybody's just a really great guy. And uh, I put myself in a bad situation. So I reach out to Jamil because I had heard he'd done deals with this guy in the past, and I go, "Hey, man, I need some help and some advice. I'm in a situation. I heard you, you know, had done deals with this guy in the past. We go sit down. He replies to my DMs like three days later.
0: <laughs> you weren't a big IG DM'er. Not, at <laughs> not, at not at all.
1: not at all. I, I got I feel like I got to take credit on his iG. Um, it wasn't until I was like, bro, you got to get behind this mm-hmm. IG thing because I got I landed Open Door, OfferPad, of and Zillow because of my IG.
0: What do you mean, just just DMing showing them befo- houses? No,
1: showing before and after stuff, like what I was already doing. And then when they came into Phoenix, they started hashtagging like contractors, and they found me, and they're like, we like this guy's energy and his funniness, and they had me come into the office. Nice. And you did great work. I actually had heard of Pace as well through the grapevine. People just saying, oh yeah, I use Pace Morby,
2: I use Pace Morby. So you were your, your reputation was preceding you I, and i didn't know of him on, as a social media guy i just knew of him as you know this guy who did great work and people trusted him and so and then contracting that's huge right cuz like 9 out of 10 contractors run ponzi schemes
1: yeah basically you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
2: and so it's just like if you find a contractor you trust like you know so i secretly wanted to meet him but at the same time you know I'm fat and lazy for anyone who doesn't who's like watch (laughs) if you're seeing watching this right now you know what I'm talking about but like but like I just was like I'm not going to call him it took him it
1: took him three days to DM me because that's how often he was on his IG so we go to lunch we strike up a relationship he's like run away from this guy he's bad news he's filed bankruptcy on people you know a couple years ago and his seven-year limitation is coming up and he and Jamil actually goes come to my house for dinner let me show you behind the scenes with public record how this, and all his, these notes
0: that this guy. Was, oh, you pulled back the curtain for him. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I that. saw
2: that he was running a Ponzi. I, I had known he was running a Ponzi for about six months because I was looking at how over leveraged everything was. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm a numbers guy, right? So I'm like comping things and I'm looking at the deeds of trust on all the pieces of, on all the, all the, all the, all the properties. I'm like, oh, this is like 125%. Yeah, that and does, then,
0: that, and it that, went. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. No. And it was like a,
2: all the way down the line, right? So when you see that, I'm like, oh, I get it. He's if everything's being leveraged at 125%, this guy's literally running a Ponzi. I mean, this is what mm-hmm. that is, right? So when Pace came over for dinner, I'm just like, look, this is it. Let's let's evaluate this. Let's do them. Let's take 10 properties out of this whole portfolio randomly and let's evaluate each one and then let's look at the deed of trust and let's see what, what we're working with here. Ultimately, we both came to the same conclusion. This, guy's can, this guy could hit one button and it's over, right? But like... When any when time you're in a situation like that, and you know, Pace, I know you beat yourself up over this sometimes, but it's you shouldn't. When you're in a situation like that, sometimes you just can't help yourself but chase
1: bad money with good money. Yeah, and that's what I did. I ended up, um, you know, it happens all the time. It happens to yeah. everybody. At the time, I owed the guy, the guy owed me about 400 grand. And the way that I got into that situation is I would go to $100,000 of renovations for him on his fix and flips, and he would pay me like 98 grand. Okay, cool, next month. Do another hundred thousand dollars of rental, pay me 97 grand. And they just started, you know, adding up. But when you're doing a million to a million and a half dollars a year in revenue with somebody and they, you know, they're shortchanging you two percent, three percent, it's no big deal. But he knew what he was doing. So he got me into the his he got his hooks into me for about a hundred grand. Then it started being 10% he was shortchanging me, 15%. he was always like, I'll get you paid on the next five flips, I'll get you paid on the next 10 flips, I'll get you paid on the next thing. And by that time, I'm hooked, right? So I had about 45 rentals at the time. I was building my dream home at the time. And um, he comes to me. This is about a year after Jamil and I had that conversation. This guy comes to me. and he goes, hey, I've got this plan to get out of this whole thing, but I need another half a million dollars. And I know you've got all these rentals and da, 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 da. So I took my wholesaling revenue because at the time, I owned a HomeVestor franchise as well. And so I took my revenue from my wholesale. I took my rental Um, I sold a bunch of rentals and I took that money and I went and poured into this guy's construction, even after Jamil's like run for the Hills. And I put another half a million dollars into this guy's pockets. And about a month after I had done that, he put all the houses on the market. I wasn't in any lean position. He sells all the houses, sends a a bankruptcy notice to me and 16 other people to the tune of like, no, I'm sorry, 42 people to the tune of 16 million. And for me, it was about, I lost about a million. And, um, in that situation, I had 180 guys working for me between all my crews. And so I had no way to pay payroll because he'd promised me like, yeah. I'll get you paid next week or next week. And it was just turning into a thing. So I sold my my house I was building. I was 80% of the way done. I sold it through Jamil and he got me a couple hundred grand. It got my payroll made, it got everything made. And I told myself, I'm never going to work for another human being ever again. So for, for me, at the end of the day, I don't beat myself up over it. I just was like, what what was wrong with my mindset that I thought that my security was in working for somebody else? Mm. Mm -hmm. And it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because now 1% of every activity I do every day, I hate to say this, but it is true, is to rub this human being's
0: face in shit. I mean, motivation comes in different (laughs) shapes and forms, you know? I mean, I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that feeling of being bullied, picked on, sidelined, taken advantage of, done wrong. Right. And using that as great fuel to get, kick their ass in gear.
1: Well, here, here's what it did for me. I immediately was like, okay, I just sold my 42 rentals. I already knew sub two and seller finance. I'd been into, into that world a little bit, but it, it wasn't enough um, because I had credit and I had cash, right? I had cash flow into this business. So sure. I could go buy a rental. I could go do a burr with cash. So I immediately go, I'm going to get back to 50 rentals. And I'm going to do it in six months, but I'm going to do it all with creative finance. And I talked about it every chance I could on on my Instagram and everything. And within a year's time frame, I was the creative finance guy. And yeah. then people started asking me to go do stuff. And I doubled down and then I doubled down again. And I'm like, holy shit. Like Literally the
0: last 700 transactions I've done, I didn't use any cash, credit, or credentials. I remember you lighting up with the sub two concept and in, in talking with Eric Sage and just like, um, who's another guy in Phoenix, very creative investor, uh, and watching you, the wheels turning oh, as yeah. you started going, This is it. This is the path. I know. And I think you timed the market perfectly, too. Oh, yeah. You know, like absolutely. When, when everybody and their mamas come in with a cash offer and you're coming with a creative terms offer saying, I- I'm not going to mess with price. You want price? I'll give you price. You give me terms. All day. Is, is brilliant. All right, so real quick, since you're the sub two king, yeah, yeah, um, let's just, for everybody listening that has never heard of a subject two, break it down real quick.
1: So uh, people, b- people basically um, don't understand sub two because when I say I'm going to take over somebody's payments, right? They don't understand it in housing terms because they don't understand mortgage and deed are two completely different things. And a lot of people don't even know what a mortgage and a deed are, definitely don't know what a deed is. So here's how I break it down. Let's say you go buy a brand new car off a car dealership, right? You bought it for $30,000. You drive it off the dealership. What's it worth? 25, 24. Okay, great. Well, you can't sell that car unless you cut a check to get rid of it because you just bought it at full retail. So, but I could go to that car owner and go, hey, I'll take. I'll just take over your payments. I just take over your car payments. That's buying a car subject too. So I don't go to their bank. I don't qualify. I don't get a, go get a loan. I just go, let me take your payments. And when the payments are all paid off, the title comes to me right? People understand that concept. But when it comes to housing, it's like, okay, well, there's a mortgage and then there's a deed. How do you take ownership of a property if their name is on the mortgage? It's like, well, the ownership of a property is not based on the mortgage. The ownership of a property is based on whose name is on the deed. So all I'm doing is taking the deed, transferring it into my name, and the mortgage stays in your name. It's pretty simple. So people still kind of don't understand that. And I go, okay, well, Jamil, do you ever buy groceries with a credit card? Okay, so you go to Albertsons or Bash's or Walmart or wherever you shop, and you make me <clears throat> make me shop at better places. Uh, where do you want? Where do you want to shop? Whole Foods, Whole baby. Foods. Yeah, okay. Whole Foods. he's a Whole very Foods, Trader, Foods. Trader Joe's, Trader, Trader Joe's, Joey's, Trader Joey's. Okay, he's, so you <laughs> go to tra- tell you shop there often. <laughs> yeah. So you go you go to Trader Whole Foods,
0: Jose's. Right? Yes. Trader Jose's. <laughs> yeah, it's down the road. So you go to trade Trader Joe's. When you walk in, they just go meeta. Hey. hey. Que pasa. <laughs>
1: So, you, let's say you go to Whole Foods, you pull out your American Express, yeah. and you buy a bag of groceries. Yeah. Do you own that bag of groceries, or does American Express? I own it. Well, how? Is that possible? American Express actually used their money to buy that for But I'm going to eat it before American okay, Express. Okay, got or. it, got it. So, it's okay for you to buy something with somebody else's money, yes. and it's okay for you to owe an American Express bill, but still consume that product. How do I know, if I'm walking outside that grocery store, how do I know that I'm the owner of those groceries? Because you're holding them possession. Because yeah. you have the receipt. Yeah. Right. So the receipt in a real estate transaction
0: is your deed. Right. It's the proof of ownership.
1: It's a so, cool way to look at it.
0: Yeah. That's I all. I think it is. gives people that light bulb aha moment. They go, oh my gosh. And so I, when I explain subject to people, they're they're like, so it am, am, you're you're assuming my loan. And I'm no. like, no. It's like no. We're leaving the loan in your name. I'm just gonna make payments. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Take
1: over a so, so, car payment. Take over American Express payment. You can do whatever you want. You don't need to notify
0: anybody. Just make the payment. So w- for everybody listening, why would somebody do this? Oh, there's- Because that's risky. Pays. How do I know you're going to make my payment? You don't. I tell people all the time, if
1: I get abducted by an alien, we're going to set up the paperwork in a way that even if I'm pulled off this planet, the ha- you're taken care of, the house goes back to you, whatever you want, we can structure it. I've structured deals where people go, well, I'm 90. And I've got this mortgage. I don't want the house back. And I go, okay, great. Well, who's your next of kin? Do you have a son? Do you have a daughter that would want this piece of real estate? If I default, I'll set up the paperwork that the deed transfers back to your children, and you're taking care of. Everything's good. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's it? And I go, yeah, that's it. A lot of times, um, and I record all this stuff on my YouTube channel. You'll see me talking to sellers every single week, locking up deals. You're going to run into sellers that have pain in subject two. Typically, they have pain. One form of pain would be, I have no equity, but I want to sell my house. Another form of pain, huge one, foreclosure. Huge one is foreclosure, right?
0: So we could go I'm on I'm behind on. on payments. I have arrears. I have late fees. I'm i got 25 divorced. grand behind or 10 grand behind, whatever it is. My best deal
1: that I've ever done in terms of the structure and truly getting the house for free is a deal on Whispering Grove in, in uh, Las Vegas. Young kid, Xavier, buys a house in Vegas. Brand new house. Twenty. He's twenty-one years old, and he's in the army. Okay, so it's he buys it with a VA loan. So how much money did he put down on a VA loan? Three percent, two percent, three percent. He put down zero percent. Oh wow. He put down zero percent on his VA loan. I didn't know you could put down zero percent on yeah, a VA loan. Yeah. Yep.
0: So he get he puts zero. down zero percent. He buys it for like three hundred. I I used a VA loan. They made me put money down. This is fucked up. You had a screwed up Do you situation. You have a purple heart I, though. I, I, yeah. You didn't have a purple heart, dog. It's uh it's uh, a. <laughs> More like a fuchsia. Yeah. Fuchsia
1: color. (laughs) So uh, Xavier buys the house. He gets transferred to another base outside of Vegas. And he's like, okay, well, I'll just sell my house.
0: He's owned it for six months. There's no equity. No equity. You just bought it. If you sell, you got to come out of pocket. Right. So what did he do? He goes to a
1: realtor because that's what everybody thinks they do. Realtor goes, okay, well, if you sell the house at this price, you're going to end up having to write a check for about 21 grand. Xavier's like, hell no, I'm not writing a check. so he starts now answering postcards, wholesalers, right? Wholesalers are going after him and uh, giving him offers. And I end up getting one of these wholesalers in my mentorship program, sub two. And his name's Dylan Good. Dylan goes, hey, you know, you, you, you say you can make deals work out of every anything. This guy has no equity and he's got to move to Colorado and he w- doesn't want to deal with his house. I go, okay, no problem. So I go, hey, Xavier, if you pay my closing costs and you pay my assignment fee to Dylan Good, I'm into the deal, no money. I don't have to pay closing costs. I don't have to do anything. You leave your furniture in place. I'll take the house off your your hands. Xavier's like, done. How much is that going to cost me? 10 grand versus 21 grand? So the seller pays that. Here's the problem. Seller didn't have all the money. He had like seven grand. So I go, no problem. Here's what we'll do. You Venmo me $147 a month for the next four years, and you can pay me back that 3,000 bucks. So every single month, I could show you. <laughs> every single month, Xavier sends me 147 bucks on that deal. Pays me every month two years after I bought it, 147 bucks because he still owes me money. So a seller's paying me to take over his property. Beautiful. And it's one of those Airbnb's. You know this. Like some sometimes the smaller ones are actually a little bit better. Like mm-hmm. in not going ultra luxury, they just perform easier. I make about two thousand net every single month on that property. So about twenty five thousand dollars a year. Took over the property. No money out of my pocket, truly no money out of my pocket was performing Airbnb within a week, right? So I look at those deals, I'm like, Xavier had pain. Even though he was up on payments, smart kid, had a good job, all the all of the things, he's like, I just need to get out of this without writing a check for 21 grand. And I could go, you, you and I both could trade war stories on thousands of deals just like that. There's always a reason why somebody does
0: it. I love it. You got a house. You got furniture, mm-hmm. a student one, the seller won, yeah. Yeah. right? Everybody in the transaction, win, 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 win. I love it. My mentor used to always say, Sperber, you're never going to have a money problem in real estate. You only have a creativity problem. Oh, yeah. And I always thought that was such a brilliant statement. Who was your mentor? Lyle Wall was my first. Lyle Wall. Yep. Lyle awesome. Wall out of Colorado. He, he uh, God, I fucking love that guy you Ch- change my life? Oh yeah. 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 Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I talk to him all the time. Every, every, <laughs> he's shown me for everybody that can't see this. He's shown me his Venmo right now is 147. <laughs> he's very proud. I am very proud of this because you created that out of thin air, out of creativity. What it was honestly Sperber, because you get a lot of people that come to you too.
1: Is like, okay, but you still have to pay closing costs and you still have to do this. It's not a free house. It's like, no, 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 let me show you. So I did it on a live I Had about 400 students watching me do it live with the seller. So, you know, when you have a crowd of people around you, you want to just do crazy shit. So I'm like, all right, Xavier, we can get this deal done, but you're going to have to pay me to take your house. Yeah. And I struck, he's like, well, I don't have all the money. Okay, no problem. You got Venmo, right? Okay, perfect. Let's prim- sign a promissory note. So I did it live. It wasn't even about
0: the money. It was just to show people. It's Every about- one of your students started just going, oh my God, I'm overcomplicating this business. All I got to do is just figure, you know, throw throw out a thing and yeah. see if they say yes. And if they say no, throw out another thing. And that's it. Yeah. Did you overcomplicate the business when you first got in? Yeah, I mean, bro, I'm the
1: ultra, ultra complicator. I did 7,000 renovations for other people before I ever did my own deal. I mean, talk about overcomplicating. It wasn't until somebody, her, her name, um, she, came, she lives here in San Diego, but she was retiring. And she came to me and she goes, Pace, you do all my renovations as a contractor, and I don't see you investing in anything. And I go, I, I don't know what the hell you guys do. I don't know where these deals come from. She's like, Pace, you're doing literally the hardest part of this entire 90% thing. of the whole thing. <laughs> doing all the work. And you're yeah. barely making any money. She's like, I watch everybody just bleeding you dry and whittling you down and saying I'm on a tight budget. Meanwhile, she's like, my average deal, I'm netting 60, bucks. 70000 bucks." So she, what she did— and Times 7,000 deals and— uh, Bro, crazy, right? So she goes, I'm going to sell my Homebusters franchise to you
0: on seller finance. I never knew you bought Homevestors on a seller finance deal. Bought a seller I bought on seller finance I mean, that's deal. very, that's what's cool about this seller finance world is a lot of things are actually sold on seller finance businesses all the time. Aren't? People just don't know it, yeah. right? And so my first deal I ever did was
1: I spent $5,000 in direct mail. My first phone call I ever did, um, I went to the appointment. Jamil, I did the deal with Jamil because right? I had already been dealing with this thing in Phoenix with this guy owing me money, so I had this relationship with Jamil already. I didn't even know what an assignment contract was. It was just I could talk to people. So I went to the appointment, and I made $25,000 on it. Long story short, it paid off $150,000 assi- um, uh, franchise cost in like 70 days. And I was like, I'm done with construction, 100%. I'm out of construction. What was I doing? I did 7,000 renovations before I ever did one of these easy-ass deals. It's the easiest business in the world. I don't know any business easier than wholesale and real estate. No,
0: no. Wholesale I mean, it's- with, it, the right, with the right system and correct. team. It can be right. simplified.
2: Right, right, yeah. right.
0: And did you overcomplicate when you first got started? You know, not at all.
2: In fact, the thing about the way that I got started is I had no one to complicate anything for me because I didn't even know it existed. So my story is: I got into wholesale in Canada, where wholesaling isn't even a thing. They call it skip transfer. Okay, that's the process or the instrument that they legally use in order to not to be to confused with
1: skip tracing.
2: Correct. It's called a skip transfer. So what ends up happening is I'm in. I'm actually a new entrepreneur in a media company, where my business partner and myself were trying to convince people in 2001 that there's this thing called the internet that everyone's going to do business on and they should take their business advertising from the yellow pages and start investing a little bit of money into an online presence. And for $600, we'll build you a five page website with a homepage and about us page, a contact page and a gallery. And you can advertise your www URL and people will come and and do business with you. So we would sell these five page websites for 600 bucks. And, We had these developers building them for us. You know, long story short, it's actually costing us $700 to build. each of these websites. So it was a loss leader. It was, a yeah. No, so there was no loss leader. You no, had no other no, product. There
1: was
0: nothing else. You had no other product. It was product. Like a <laughs> lost, <laughs> loss, loss. It was a brilliant business <laughs> yes. model. Yeah. You're So here's what we're going to do, boys. Yeah. We're going to sell something.
2: $600 websites. For it costs much $700. less
0: than what it costs us to build. Right.
2: Yeah. Everybody's but, like sitting around. table yeah. like, okay, yeah. I'm in. Great idea. Yeah. Great idea. The thing is, is that when you're getting into business, you don't realize like what all the expenses are going to be. Right.
0: So you think. Jamil wanted out of mail stripping so, yeah, bad. so He's badly. So like, this sounds good. <laughs> so badly.
2: So badly. I can't do any more pasties. Um, so, so I'm, you know, in this business, it's, it, we're getting creamed. And, you know, the reason my business partner's not stressed out is because him and his dad are doing real estate and they're buying these old rundown houses. They're knocking them down and building duplexes. And I'm overhearing them talk about this deal. They're netting $160,000 on. And I try to interject in the conversation and they're pushing me out. They're like, Jamil, this is not for you. Let us, you know, go, go do the thing in the call center. And I'm like, no, just let me understand. I want to understand. And again, they're like, you don't have any money to invest. You don't have a license. You don't have anything you can bring us. So just, you know, you know, stay out of it. And then the dad starts complaining. Ah, yeah, our biggest problem is we just need another couple of houses. We need some houses to tear down. And, you know, immediately I think in my head, okay, if there's something that somebody needs, then I could maybe do that. And so I just asked, well, tell me about the houses you guys are needing. It's like, well, that's easy. We need them to be 50 feet, you know, in frontage, 120 feet in depth. They need to have R2 zoning on them. And they need to be in this part of Calgary, Alberta, which is where I, I grew up. The next day, I'm walking my dog, and I just happen to live in one of these neighborhoods where this kind of redevelopment is happening. And I'm walking down a street that, you know, where I live, and three houses down from where I stay was a house I tried to rent a few months back, but it was like $200 a month out of my budget. So just to give you a picture of where my finances were, right? <laughs> You're making decisions based yeah. on $200. dollars <laughs> right? Like $200 <laughs> made, or break, made or broke where I was living. I had to Instead of living on the top floor of a house, I had to live in the basement, mm. right? So... I call this lady who's still got a forensight on her lawn, and I ask if she'd be interested in selling instead of renting. And her number, her her answer was, of course, just at the right price. I asked what price. She said three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So I, you know, run back to the office. I asked Navin, how much will you and your dad buy this house for? Four hundred grand. Excellent. I don't know what the hell to do now. Damn. Right? So I know that I can buy something for three hundred and fifty grand. I know I can sell it for four hundred grand. What most people would have done is just said, hey, here's the lead or here's a lady. Oh, yeah. And they pay Give you me a some money. thousand I, bucks. My mind was not thinking that way. I'm like, how do I get involved? How do I do this? So I do what I know how to do, which is go to the phone book. So I start cold calling lawyers. And I get all the way to S, David Steed. Just fresh out of law school, he hasn't got a secretary yet, answers his own phone, and I have a conversation with him. I tell him what's going on. He's like, oh, easy, 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 easy. You need two contracts. One where you're a buyer, one where you're a seller. On your buy contract, you're going to write your name and or assignee. On on the sell contract, you're going to be the seller. You're going to bring both of those contracts to me, and in two weeks, I'm going to get you a check. Do I need any money? No. So hold on. You're going you're gonna to email me two <laughs> contracts right now. Yes. Well, actually, I'm only going to email you one because it's the same contract. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you're going to buy the house, and then you're going to sell the house, and you're going to bring both those contracts to me, and in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have a check for you. And literally, that's what happened. So I made, after the attorney's fees, just under $48,000, and that was my first deal. So I couldn't overcomplicate it because I didn't have anything to complicate it was, I thought I invented wholesaling.
0: <laughs> he's walking a little tall. First yeah. off, you definitely invented walking for dollars. Yes. No shit. <laughs> he's, no like, shit. Yes. he's like, I can't afford a car, but I can walk for dollars. Yes. Yes. And it was
2: great. Like, I was so broke at that time that that cashier's check that I had, I was scared to cash it. And so I had it folded up in my wallet and I held it for like four and a half months till somebody told me in six months those things. Expire. expire. Yep. So then I finally went and cashed that. Wait, thing. wait,
1: wait. Why, why didn't you cash it? Was it was a mindset thing? Like I you just were... did.
2: Yeah. I was just like, oh my God, I got all the money. And then I was just went back to like, you know, slanging websites again. And then.
1: You're a your loss leader.
2: Yeah. I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to do this. So, you know, on my weekends, I'd get the classified section of the newspaper and I'd look for all the for rents in the classified section of the newspaper and I'd see where all the little neighborhoods, where these types of houses were. And I would just cold call them on the weekend. So I'd still do the thing I was doing during yeah. the week which was sell uh shitty websites. And then on the weekend I went to I went to calling for rents. And then that just turned into I've got another house this month, two houses this month. And then all of a sudden I started seeing that they were doing the same thing on apartment buildings. So these developers were taking old apartment buildings, they were doing in Canada they called it a strata title where they like take one title and turn it into 10 or whatever uh and condominiumize well, it. Yep. And they would then convert the apartment into a condominium and then sell them off. But the developers needed these old apartment buildings to do that too. And again, all these little handwritten for rent signs
0: stuck in the- and You're I, like, I can go hunt those down. I can do that. When I think of you, I think of one of the greatest property acquisition guys. Thank You've you. You've always had that knack. I have. When, when we started working together, you were always one of the best- Bringing deals to us, yes. I mean, 10, 11, every month, yes. consistently. Yes, that's always been your niche. It is dominate, and and you've done it uh, in a couple different ways. You know, dominating relationships with realtors and just working your way in and finding yeah. that little that little angle. Hook. Yeah, and your phenomenal like analyzing a deal. So when you know deal, duh, deal, duh, 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 duh deal, boom, move it right. real quick. You are always fast. Right. Much, much better than any, almost anybody else in, in the Valley. It, I don't, I don't know too many people that can hang with you on the acquisition side.
2: It's an interesting thing because I think it's a magnetism. I think that once you create, a, once you like have a lane, you can get really good at it. And then when you feel that you're really good at it, oh my gosh. you magnetize yourself. And then it's just opportunities find you, right? I mean, Cody, think of this. You're a relationship person. and You're probably I, the relationship you are, person. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Dan Fleischman, Dan, okay, you and Dan Fleischman, yeah, 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 I yeah, can I'm see a, that yeah. I'm a close second for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but he is the greatest networker I've ever met. His Rolodex is the strongest in the world out of my friends there's he's one removed from just about anybody
2: you see guys like yourself and Dan, though, relationships seek you out, yeah, people seek yeah. you out and and not just Mickey Mouse's, right actual. Like players, well, sure. they want to know you. All they roads want to be lead in, back to Cody. Spurba. They want to know you, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. want to meet you. They want to do business with you. They want to hang out with you. All the things, right? And what's interesting is you're uh, you're you're a very transparent guy, but Cody. You make a tremendous amount of money, but he will also tell you when there's somebody who makes a lot more money than him, <laughs> and he's not scared to say it, right? But you'll be sitting at a table where there's going to be like ten guys who who might make triple what you make, yet you're the biggest guy at the table. Yeah. You know, mm. and I observe that, and I see that that's something about a relationship person who can command that much attention and respect at a table or in a room, regardless of income class or regardless of this or that. And it's that magnetism. It's that thing. It's the thing that he's got, right? Yep. It's he's Pace has that. He's got a magnetism to him. People, you know, Pace er, earlier he's today consistent. He said he's consistent.
0: When people love consistency. Consistency. And they love it when somebody lights up consistently
2: and real,
0: you know, and real, real,
2: real's the thing too, you know. And so it's just the magnetism. I think it is for me. It's been acquisitions, and I'm very good at that. Pace is, he's got like he pace can can make a million people just fall in love with him in a a story, you know. And so for me, being around guys like yourself and Pace that allow me to learn how to do things like that, that's just this is this is why whoever's watching this, listening to this, I, I. I truly believe, pay attention to your friends. Pay attention to the way they communicate. Pay attention to how people look at them. Pay attention to how people listen to them. And if you see people zoning out, get the fuck out.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a question. This is a serious question, Jamil. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I'm gonna let you get right back to the episode, but I wanted to share with you something real quick that I think is gonna help your business in a major way. A few years ago, I started a real estate mastermind and we call ourselves the Avengers. It's an experiential mastermind. There's about 175 members. They're all super high level. They're all gaining skills and capabilities. Networking is off the charts. So if you're looking to get plugged into something that's gonna really lift your business up in a major way, check out joinAvengersMastermind.com. Watch the video that's on there, read all the information and see if getting plugged into a mastermind would be right for you. That's joinadventuresmastermind.com. Did you just lose your shit when somebody returned one of your shitty websites? Were you like, <laughs> were you like, what the fuck? I lost $100, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> were you just like, just, I can just picture myself bouncing, <laughs> bouncing off the fucking walls just being like, I hate everything right now. <laughs> It was really. Real estate is the path to get out of this. It was such. So, you here, just
2: to finally like button up that story. (laughs) So, my business partner in that business, there was a guy, and then there was a a girl as well that I brought in, and she was my girlfriend at the time, Laurel Lindsay. Mm. Shout out, Laurel. Shout out, Laurel. So, she actually uh, did a real. She she crushed it how how she fucked me so <laughs> so good masterful masterful um, uh, so while I was like building this real estate thing up uh, I was like okay Laurel take care of this so she had the clients I had obviously brought all the clients in so there and you know hosting was a thing right hosting is where recurring money comes so like you build up enough clients even though we lost a hundred bucks you we still got them on hosting and hosting you pay you know, $5 a month and you sell it for $50 a month. So it becomes like this whole thing and it can become lucrative, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And so she's, and she's like upgrading and selling new things and doing all the things and, you know, she she did a good
1: job. Was she running... A trap where the money was going to a separate business that she was controlling. So how she did it? I'm trying it was to so think good. of like I'm trying to think of where could he she screw him over? No, well this is the greatest. So I, she, don't, I don't know the story. Was, I I've in, traveled the world. Yeah, with this Yeah, i never guy. talked
2: I about it because I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to talk about her. But I'm not
1: Laura. Laura you listening?
2: Laurel. Laurel. Laura, She probably is listening. I hope so.
1: Um,
0: I know you're listening. It, it's my show, so there's a good chance she's <laughs> yeah, listening. Yeah,
1: yeah. So she.
2: <laughs> So she she was doing client management, right? So I'd bring the I'd bring the guy in, and then they, she would handle it. So they would actually form the relationship with her, and so all these customers had a relationship with her, not me anymore. I was just the the yeah. skis ball who brought him in, and now she's the one they all love. So. What she did was she called all of them and said, "Hey, here's what's happening. We're gonna give you a better hosting service. We're gonna cha- we're rebranding. Mm. We're changing the name. Damn, she did you dirty. We're gonna change the name. It's we're going to, from Trinity Media House to the New Media Group. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be so much better. Prices are gonna be better. It's awesome, right? Wow. So better over, logo. Yeah, all of it. So over <laughs> six months. Over it. six
1: months, she just moved everybody <laughs> cute, over. Cute girl. People can't turn that down.
2: <sighs> so over six months. <laughs> Over six months, they were all gone. And I was just so far away from what was going on. I didn't even realize it. And then one day I, she just called me and she's like, Hey, I did this. She was a G about it though. Laurel, I'm gonna say she was a freaking gangster about how she how she did it. She was like, This is what I did. I'm all the customers are gone. They're all in a new company now. Um, there's nothing you really you can do about it. They all know me, they all work with me. Like you're you're pretty much out. You're already doing your real estate thing, anyways. There's no point in you like fighting with me over this. Just let it go.
1: By the way, I'm breaking up with you.
2: Yes. Well, actually, <laughs> she, no, no, no. She, <laughs> she broke up with me. So I took her to, uh, um, Mexico for her, like five year anniversary. Cabo.
0: If she was really a G, she would have just been like, uh, Jamil, I'm going to get up and go use the restroom. I'll be right back.
2: She, pr- <laughs> she, never, she, never she practically did that. <laughs> I took her to Cabo for our five-year anniversary. And then when we came home, she ghosted me. Five years of being with this girl. She got she, the trip, though. She got the trip. And she then she it. just he's stopped had, answering he's my calls. had three
1: girls break up with him after a trip to Cabo. Yeah. Dude, you can't go back I'm
0: not Cabo. Cabo. dude. You got to go to a new <laughs> no. spot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When I, if I like, if my wife and I ever having problems, we'd be like, yo, baby, want to go to Cabo? <laughs> Cabo. <laughs> but no, it was, it was interesting. Right. And so she, that's how she did it. She just, but it was, she was gangster about it. I respected it. And so I never sued her. I never went after I it. She gave you a gift, man. Yeah. She totally gave me the gift. And it's fine. Hard, hard I, see actually, when, I when, bless her. I, ho- I hope, I hope, I want her to be happy. I want her to have all the business, make
1: tons of money. She still has a ton of those clients. Good for her. Oh. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is out of everybody in this industry, I think you, Cody, have been the most transparent with things that like, as money comes in the doors in a business of yours, people change, circumstances change, relationship, everything changes. And yeah. watching you, I, I always tell you, I go, it's kind of like walking through a jungle that you've already cut through with a machete. Like I literally just have to follow the path. And I watch how you've overcome that kind of shit. Is there any way to be in business at a big level
0: and avoid all of this kind of stuff that happens? No. For every new level, there's a new devil. Mm -hmm. And I think that every one of those opportunities that is given to you while you don't see it in the time is a blessing for a learning moment. Like I tell people all the time, I actually never lose. I'm always winning, even when I'm losing, because I'm learning something just great. And even though emotionally I have a hard time going through it, as most people do, because I'm a very passionate guy, um, I always look back and go, thank God, Deanna Peters, real name, stole money from me. Google her. Yeah, Google her. <laughs> you know, but then you, and, and when she, when, when things like that happen, and then you realize, oh, you're going through a divorce and, and a foreclosure and you have depression, and it's like, I want you to get better. You're, you, you need it more than I do. And you gave me a gift. I now know what to look out for. I know how to set up a proper bank account where one person can't go just drain the bank account. You know, I know that we can't sign on loans together. Like there's certain things that have to be documented right. And every mistake was a mistake I made because I was just new at business and I didn't know what to look out for. And the biggest mistake I made a lot of times was misalignment. What do you mean by that? Well, I just feel like it's a very hard conversation for an entrepreneur to have with his team members on like, what's in it for you if we do this together for the next 10 years? Right. Right? Because like, for me, I had some bad partnerships. And when those went south, like you saying, I will never do business for other people. I'm going to do it for myself. And you made that emotional mental shift. When you have bad partnerships, it was because I chose the wrong partners. But when they went bad, I said, I'm never going to partner again. Yeah. Right, Which limits me, how do I get, i now now I'm scared to give you equity. Now I'm scared to talk about the long term game with you because or what's
1: really going on behind the scenes and how much money is really coming in, and it's like yeah. you're not privy to anything that's really going on inside the business except for your role. Sit down at this desk because I'm afraid that you're going to burn me,
0: uh, yeah, whatever it is, it's i I don't even know what ten years looks and feels like as an entrepreneur. How am I going to have the conversation to make you feel comfortable that if we do this thing together today, ten years we're going to be killing it but i i learned that if you are out of alignment there's no velocity there's no way you're going to get the momentum for any length of time and when the money does roll in cuz you do are good at sales or you have a great product or service it's very fast to unravel when they're always doing the what's in it for me thing you feel negative you feel it feels very unjust you feel almost like dude you're taking me for granted you're not appreciating the opportunity i put for us. Right, 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 right. You know, and then the resentment happens and the, and they have their own story. So it- do you, Bro, it, it, I always, oh my, yeah. this is, su- this is such tough. a great
1: topic because I tell people, I go in a, let's say you have a three-man partnership. Out of those three men that go home, which one of their wives says that their husband works the hardest in that business? All of them. All of them. Yeah. Every one of them, right? And as long as, like I have that and conversation- And that voice
0: gets louder. All mm-hmm. the time,
1: especially as more money comes in the mm-hmm. door. And then you start seeing Yoko Ono show up, right? Mm-hmm. Yoko Ono comes in, splits up the Beatles, the greatest band of all time was split up by a woman that had no business being in that room, right? Shout out, Yoko Ono. That's a real name, by the way. <laughs> Googler, really. Google her, Google So you look, and, and what happens in this world is that I'm sitting down at breakfast this morning with you and your buddies, right? That you have graciously opened the door for us too. I Ballers. Okay, they're not just ballers. It's a different mentality. And this is what I, I want to go into. I'm very curious about this genuinely they're people that money is not actually the goal right mm-hmm. because money comes to them they have enough money right mm-hmm. same thing with you same thing with you like money comes to you it's not a conversation about money or equity or anything like that all it is is a bunch of guys around a room going what kind of dope shit can we do together right. and how can we win together and it's not about like well i'm one percent you're two percent it's just like let's all just do it together yeah right it's a different mentality so again I I have to thank you openly because I thank you frequently. Like I sent you a text two days ago. I was like, thank you for everything. You're a
0: very grateful person. And I think that serves you well.
1: Well, because I noticed it in my life. want
0: to do more for you. Yeah. And I'm sure this is a feeling a lot of people get because they already love you, but then they feel the respect and they want to do more for you. And I think it's a superpower. If you're listening to this, gift giving, even in the form of words, is a very powerful power. I have a motto. The motto is, if you
1: ever do something for me, I'll never let you forget it. Love that. I never let you forget it. Same thing with him. I text him all the time. I love you, man. I appreciate you. And it's like, bro, stop thanking me. Like, I'm going to thank you until the day he, I die. He thanks me. And then he, uh, like, Pace and I
2: also, even though we we compete, there's there's a couple places that we're tied together. You know, the TV show being one of them. Um, but I am continuously, month after month, not only financially, but creatively blessed. Like, he's got a whole media team behind him, right? My my, my team's not as robust as his by any means. Um, but he will… Shout out to Jamil's team. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> shout, out, shout out M, M the executive M, 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 team. M, 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 Emily, team. Emily, she's, she's, Emily. she's amazing. Her. She's Google the best. Her. Google her. <laughs> she's good. Um, so, but Pace will just… He will just tell his staff, like I'll just get a, an email or a text message and Pace will just rope his staff into working for me and just say, hey, today you're doing this for Jamil, blah, blah. We're getting him on this podcast. We're doing this thing. We're doing this thing. We're doing this thing. And it's never, I. it's never, hey, the night before I was like, Pace, it would be really cool if you could, you know, introduce sure. me to this person. It's never that. I just wake up one day and he feels a way. He just woke up deciding, hey, I'm going to, today I'm going to focus on Jamil. I'm going to love on Jamil.
0: Yeah, ri- and, a rising tide. Yep, and then he boats. does that, and he it's just, just a great weight off, and he just
2: constantly, and then through the whole day, he's just giving me gifts. Yeah, he's just giving me gifts of opportunity, of creativity, of money, whatever it is. He's always doing it right, and I, I think about that. I think about it. I think about it all the time, and I think, how can I do that more in my life? How can I do that more with my wife? How can I do that more with my kids? How can I do that more with my
0: staff? Because it's contagious. I I get probably once a week a text from you. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't gotten anything from you yet, Jamil, so I'm just because it's his thing. It's his thing. You can steal hold it, bro. There's <laughs> nothing. No, nope, I don't. I don't have anything. But for, I'm but, just kidding. You actually do. So you, you've done it a couple the times. Point, the I, point. The point of the story.
1: The point of the story is this. So we go to breakfast with
0: you and a bunch of. Do you guys of just send each other like dick pics all day long? Just like he, just, <laughs> he sends.
2: He sends me pictures of Laura. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's not, bikini yeah. photos. Look how my pregnant wife is. Oh yeah.
0: So, we're, we're at <laughs> pre- <laughs> Did you decide? I'm going to play that clip. Yeah. Please ah, do it. Just go, ah. Ah. <laughs> The fact that you love your pregnant wife that much. Oh, I'm obsessed. I'm like, please don't He loves birth. her
2: pregnant. He loves her not pregnant. He loves getting her
1: pregnant. <laughs> he loves
0: all the things. All Try, thing. I love yeah. trying
1: to get her pregnant while she's pregnant. All of the things.
0: That's, that's a wonderful relationship. It's good. It's so, fun to watch you guys on TV, too. It's, the best. it's There's a lot of fun. There's great energy. It's funny. Mm-hmm. You're funny as hell pace is okay i'm not, I'm not funny I'm, I'm
1: a i'm a prop guy I, I prop him up to be funny and it's it works perfectly it's great he's a straight man i'm the straight man he's the straight man that's yes, all right so with we're at breakfast and we're having this conversation these guys are trading ideas that are coming up yep. right and i'm sitting here saying how amazing is it to be in a circle like this like being in a circle like that for one breakfast will make me and my family at some point i don't know how yet but probably five to maybe even upwards of $100 million in my lifetime because you invited me to breakfast, right? So it's crazy to think like there's a different mentality of people you get around. They're like, it's all about all of us winning versus when you're trying to bring an employee into that same conversation, there's some sort of barricade mentally of like what's in it for me and all they can look at is the salary that they're making and the work I put in and why don't you appreciate me and da-da-da-da-da-da. So if you're a young kid coming up through the ranks, right, and you maybe have that mindset, how do you is there a way you can actually shift that mindset or are you born with it or is it cultivated by your parents like where does that come from? You mean the employee mindset? No, sh- shifting from the employee mindset to being at a table yeah. full of guys like that.
0: Well, uh I I worked for two decades to get into those circles where by proximity and osmosis, I started thinking like them. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like a collective. Right, you start realizing like, oh, they are operating differently. They're operating from a place of servitude. They're operating from a place of fun, non scarcity. They they like they like the collaboration. They they lift each other up. They're, there's very there's there's a level of success where there's a tremendous amount of ego, and then right above it. It's something breaks, the ego goes away, and you finally get into the bigger leagues. And I mean, they're all so successful, and they're and they could walk around like big swinging dicks. Right? They don't though, because they've been through that first layer where it do, it feels so toxic that you hate it, and you almost want to move out of that neighborhood as fast as you can. It's the people that can finally afford the million to million and a half dollar houses that are acting like they're worth $50 million, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they're not there yet. And so you have to almost go through that evolution to finally come out to be like, okay, I get the bigger picture so what and I how to play the game of life. What I'm hearing is that it required you to be around the people that were operating that way yes.
1: to slowly chisel like your marble and your rough edges off for you to become somewhat
0: like them. Well, you just, yeah. And I th- also think... When you're having a, as an entrepreneur, when you're having a conversation with an employee, nobody wants to be an employee. You never grow up and go, I can't wait to be an employee. Right. Right. So first off, I don't call anybody who works with me an employee. Team member. Team member. Yeah. Step one, change the language patterns. Right. Two, get to know them. I was scared to get too close to somebody because I thought, oh, they won't respect me. They won't listen to me. We're sitting here in Billy Jean's office. He is the king of having fun with his team. Right. He has broken through that feeling of like, dude, if we're going to do this, we're going to live life and we're going to sacrifice time away from our family. We're going to do this in a fun, energetic, creative way. And he does these really cool things where like these morning huddles where everybody dances or they tell jokes and people boo you off the stage. Like, ah, oh, that was horrible. Or they laugh and they think, oh, that's amazing. And he does these camaraderie type of exercises constantly getting up, getting the van Billy's successful. He has a fleet of cars. He's like everybody. Pile in the cars. We're going to the Padres Stadium. We're, we're I got us a a thing, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna watch a game, and I'm, we're gonna eat, and we're gonna have fun. If you're constantly breaking through with your team and not putting the guard up and separating the distance, but actually getting deeper with them, having some cocktails or whatever that is for you, where it's like, oh, we're having an experience. We're working out, and for the first time, your team gets to be better than you. Right right? They get to kick your ass if you're in the gym together working out. And all of a sudden, they have that different kind of bond is formed. It's almost like what happens in the military when you, when you go to war or you, you're, you join a military. When you come out, you just have this brotherhood. It's there. right? And it, now, you don't have to, you can text me at 10 o'clock at night and say the website's broken and I'm the website guy. And I'm like, dude, I'm on it. I got you. Right? Instead
1: of rolling your eyes, like my boss is on my shit. She asked me to work this weekend. It's like
0: different because we're, we're in complete alignment and collaboration. Cause I'm able to look at you and say, I know your biggest fears. I know what you, how you operate and what's important to you. And I wouldn't ever, I, I will only give you opportunities to live more in alignment with your vision of where you're going in life. And here's the last part of it. Do something bigger than just the money, do something bigger than just the company. When there's a purpose behind the brand or behind the company, things change. For us in the education world, it's like I'm constantly showing my team student success stories, student success stories. And then all of a sudden, it's like I'm letting them down by not stepping up and making this content better or not putting this out there or not holding a better event or fixing whatever's broken at midnight on a Saturday. All of a sudden, it's bigger. There's a bigger purpose, and right. it's not about just making a buck. Right. Once you get there, magic happens.
1: It's real. Yeah, that's real. I felt like you guys do a great job of that at Keegley.
2: It, it. We did. We. We and we continue to do. Of course, as you grow, you parts of that evolve and they shift. And I. And uh, again, we have to circle back to Cody because my two business partners were from Clever Investor. Right. You have Josiah Grimes, who was jo- was basically Cody's protege. You have Hunter Runyon, who was
0: his star pupil, right? He basically he started t- as a student, right? He's, yeah, he, he was a student. He, yeah, Hunter. And then Jamil, we met through doing actual deals with yep. Josiah. And so, what's funny, as I hear you talk about Homegirl saying, "Hey, go out there, build a relationship." I told Josiah, "Go build a relationship with Jamil," because I didn't have time. I was so busy, right. and you're you know, trying to scale. And, and Josiah left me, yeah. and formed a business yeah. with you, which now I'm grateful for because you guys murdered it and became phenomenal. And once I emotionally work through that, it's so great to see people take the ball further down the field.
2: It, it is, it you is, know? and that's and what's you, supposed you to happen. You should feel really proud of it because you see the number, the domino effect of of clever investor. You see the domino effect of your education, the people that you trained. Hunter, it convinced his mom. They were very they they her his mom worked at Lazy Boy, and she did okay. But Hunter's dad wasn't in the picture. She has like hundred boys. Like, she, not really, but sorry, Cherry. She got a, she got a, she got a- her,
0: her name she, is Cherry?
2: Yeah. Yeah. She
0: um, she sold me Lazy Boy. Yeah. That's how Hunter got to me. No shit. Yeah. She sold us Lazy Boy and uh, we told her, she said, what do you do? And I said, real estate. And I teach people real estate and how to invest. And Hunter got the bug.
2: Hunter got the bug. Dude, he sold his stamp collection. He was 14 years old. Youngest. He's, youngest. One of my youngest students. Sold his stamp collection. He got eight thousand dollars from his stamp collection, and then the mom got a little bit of more money from her credit card, or whatever. They got into the mentorship. They gave and me all their money. They gave him all, and, and now, then and then he turned that money. How'd that work out for him? Uh, so it went. <laughs> so I think he probably invested eight nine thousand I mean, dollars. Bro, they right?
1: have they have a hundred franchisees. We have a hundred franchises. Nationwide. We
2: have a hundred wow. franchises. Hunter's crushing it. He's you know a, he's the founding partner. He just got married. You know, and he and he's he he saves more money than all of us, so he's the richest one of us all, right? And he still takes care of his mom. He still loves his family, he's still like the best guy. But then you look at that, you look at the domino effect of Cody, right? You've got Josiah Grams, you've got Hunter Runyon, you've got Keegley, you've got that whole culture that got built.
1: It's incredible. It's incredible. Bro, it's a lot I I'm tied into all that stuff. And it's weird to think like all you did was go buy a couch. <laughs> I just, just bought a couch. Th- it was a
0: great couch. I'm but, not going to lie, those Lazy couches are pretty damn <laughs> that's, good.
1: That's the difference is that you made something happen, right? You spark up a conversation, you're passionate about what you're doing and you create opportunities for people that they didn't
0: even know existed. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I don't know if it's crazy. I think I just love what I do. And I think when you love what you do, you you Talk embody it. it. Yep. Yeah, that's it. You do. I love what I do and you love what you do. And that's that's why you're able to stand up and do it, do what you guys are doing right, right now. Okay, so I have a question. This
1: is my legit question about partnerships and alignment and all that kind of stuff. Have you had partnerships where you bring in maybe an employee in an equity position, right? And then sure. you've had misalignment, they break off because maybe they felt like they were they deserved more or Josiah. whatever. Else. That was an that was an equity situation. Yeah. I mean, Josiah was my intern,
0: right. Moved to paid team member, moved to Thirty-three percent partner moved to fifty percent partner, and he told me. I mean, I the, the fairness I'll give Josiah is he told me before we even started, I want to go do my own thing someday. Right. So I knew it was in his heart to do it, um, but he we he I mean we lasted six seven eight years you know together before he felt ready to right. go do his own thing, and I can respect I I respect as mad as I was at him I respected the call because anybody who knows what they want in life and is willing to, like I handed him the silver platter. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm breeding you to take over clever investor. Right. And he said, I'm breeding myself to be my own man. I don't want to be the mini clever investor. I want to be. Oh, he had he had that conversation with you. No, but I know that's what he wanted. I know that's what he, how he felt. And I, and I respected it when he made the call. Cause I told Shannon, not too many people know this story, but um, when I, when we were, I was getting ready to go to the Bahamas and I just closed on a huge rehab, uh, uh, a new build, and I made a million bucks. And my piece out of the partnership, I had builder partners that did it for us. My piece was like 400 grand. I put up the money for the deal. My piece was like 400, 450 grand. And out of that, I told Josiah I would give him eighty dollars or $90,000 because he was running the wholesale operation. And our arrangement was, I know I'm not really working the wholesale thing right now, but I'm doing these big builds. And when a big build close, I'll cut you your piece. And he was going to make like 90 Gs. And, I, and when I got the, the check, I told Shannon, my wife, I said, hey, I, I feel it in my heart that now is the time that Josiah is going to break away. This is before he mentioned a single thing to me. But it's like I knew he was doing something. I didn't know what it was. And I told her, I said, within a day, I'll get a call. Sure as shit, the next day I got Isn't the call. Isn't that crazy? And, and, it, and, I re, and he just he had a hard conversation. With, I mean, imagine having a conversation with your mentor saying, I'm leaving. I'm breaking up this partnership. I'm going to do my own thing. I want to be my own man. I'm on my th-. and I And I respected it. I did the same thing to Lyle Wall. Lyle Wall was my mentor for years. And I of uh, and he was so fucking tough on me through throughout our journey together that I almost got to a place where I was angry at him. Because our relate my deal with Lyle, he gave me, and we'll end this podcast super strong on this, because it's getting a little long, but I wanna I want people to hear this. Um he said when I when I first met him, I said, I want you to be my mentor. And after begging him for a while, he said, under three conditions, do you like baseball? And I said, yeah, I like baseball. And he goes, three strikes and you're out. That's condition number one. You talk back to me, you push back on me, you do anything that I don't like, you get a strike. By the third one, you're out. Second one is you got to give me $10,000 by tomorrow morning. And I was broke. I didn't have $10,000. So I was like, okay, you know, what what else? And he said, the third thing is I'll let you keep 100% of your first deal a big deal. After that, I decide how much you get and how much I keep. But if I if you come to me and ask for advice, a tip, a trick, a connection, money, anything, I will gladly give it to you. I'm going to be your mentor. But the second I tell you this is what that trade-off is and you don't want to do it, you're out, right? And I won't ever give you advice again. Damn. Hardcore, Yoda. And I made it years, and I got comfortable going back to him and saying, hey, man, we need money for this deal. I got you, Spurbs. And then he would say, okay, uh, on that one, I think you're going to keep, uh, like, say we made 15 grand or something. He goes, yeah, I think I'll give you four grand, and I'll keep the rest. And I'd have to be okay with it, right? And sometimes he was super generous. He'd, he'd be like, okay, you can Take 10. you can keep it all. And I'd be like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. So he was just, whatever he wanted to do, he would fuck with me. You know, he'd be like, <laughs> you know, if if I worked really hard. It was like if, he was testing your your yeah. resolve. 100% he was. You know, he was mad. But over years, I paid him hundreds of thousands of dollars in deal flow. Right, that 10 right, grand right. was a, like an entry fee. That was just a, to see if I was going to take the job serious. Um, and I, I had some strikes. That's for another podcast. You know, I've had some strikes. But I got to a point where it was going on too long, and I was using him as a crutch. mm And Josiah maybe was feeling like I was his crutch and he wanted to move on. And I was tough on Josiah, just like Lyle was tough on me. I didn't let, I wasn't, I wasn't a nice mentor. And I don't think you need to be nice if you're a mentor. It's, this is business. There's lots of money involved. There's lots of maneuvering. This is a real life monopoly chess game. And I see, because Lyle was so great with me, I see things before they happen. It was because of that amazing mentorship. And Josiah has that same gift. He can see the pieces of the board and know, okay, four moves, boom, we end up here. And so Lyle pushed, pushed, pushed on like five deals in a row, just fucking took all the money, took all the money. And I finally got pissed off and I said, fuck you, Lyle. You're taking advantage of me. I'm doing 99% of the work. You're barely doing shit. This is fucked up. I'm fucking done. I'm doing it on my own. Wow. You're out. He does it. No shit. He clapped for you. <laughs> he goes, took you long enough? And I said, I was so angry. I was like, what, did, what do you mean took me long enough? And he goes, dude, I've been putting the fucking pressure on you for the last few deals. So you would finally wake the fuck up and man up and go do it on your own. Wow.
1: And Crazy. I was just
0: like, oh, why didn't you just tell me? I would have <laughs> saved so much money. Because you needed the lesson, bro. <laughs> I wasn't emotionally ready to let go. You needed that. I talked to that guy all the time. And I tell them all the time, like, how you guys say thank you. I'm always just like, dude, thank you for everything you've done because without you, I wouldn't have that inner it factor. That, that inner strength. Yeah. Good mentors lock arms with you and care. You know, they don't carry you, they lock arms with you. Yeah. It's a difference. Ooh. That's big. And that's, can, that's, that's, that's a, we can, we can end on that solid note. Amazing. Well, look, we're going to have to do this again. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. Um, all right, When so, you guys get the new building, we'll come into the new studio studio, do part two of this. Yes. Dude, I would love that. Yeah, anytime. Doors are always open. Uh, Jamil, how do people get a hold of you? You can
2: find me on my IG at J-D-A-M-J-I or hit up my YouTube, Jamil Damji. That's J-A-M-I-L-D-A-M-J-I.
1: And Pace, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, come to my podcast Sunday night called Sunday Service. It's only creative finance, crazy high-level stuff, 7 p.m., Arizona time, YouTube, Sunday Service.
0: So they Google Sunday Service? or they Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube, YouTube, type in Sunday Service. It'll pop up. All right, what's your social? Pace Morby. Pace Morby. All right, cool. Um, and you guys got great podcasts. You do a podcast on comping. You Correct. do a podcast called The Sunday Service. And then you, Brent Daniels, you guys and Brent Daniels do... Wholesale hotline. Wholesale Wholesale hotline. Hotline. So you guys are like just pumping the content out. Bro, I got a third podcast a lot of people don't (laughs) talk about
1: too. I I pre-record that one, but it's called Get Creative. I only find other people that are doing creative finance deals that that are not highlighted. And I pull out the... It's always their first deal has to be a crazy creative deal. Get creative. It's a dope podcast. All right. Never even
0: heard of it. Now now you know. Yeah. All right. Well, Thank you, great Cody. episode. Thank you guys for being on. Until next time, we're out of here. Took you take, long enough. Take care. Comb your hair. <laughs> Peace. Lock <laughs> on,